You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject I have coming up for you is Mr. Dylan Carlson from the outfit The Ninth Chapter. The reason for the conversation is to promote the band's outstanding brand new album. It's called, well it's a self-titled affair, there you go, so it's called The Ninth Chapter. Let's see what Dylan has to say. Here we go. Mackay-Smith calling for our chat, how are you? Good mate, good, how's things? Mate, plugging away. I'm in uni holidays. Um, I'm a mature age student, so don't let me think I'm. Don't let me allow you to think I'm 18 or 19 or anything youthful like that. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, I feel like I'm on school holidays because most kids are on school holidays at the same time. So it's. Ah, uh, oh, very nice. Very nice. You know, it's this weird kind of. Uh, kind of symbiotic or this thing we've got in common. Put it that way, where they're on holidays and so am I, and I go back in about five weeks' time or so. So, oh mate, they'll be jealous about that because they only get two, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they only get two. They only get two. So uh, it's an opportunity to catch up and spend some quality time. I was just helping my daughter with her drum lessons before. Uh, she's only young. She's only five, or so. She's turning six soon, but she's only five, so she's still sort of getting the hang of it. You know how it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple of little girls myself. We actually homeschool our kids. So in terms of school holidays. They never go. So. Is that right? Is that right? So what was, if you, yeah. if you don't, mind me, don't mind me asking, what inspired the, the decision to homeschool? Oh, look, my wife's actually the irony of the whole situation. My wife's doing a Master's of Teaching as well to, you know, to, oh, to yeah. work in schools. Yep. But, um, oh, mate, to be honest, there's a combination of things like um, we, we ran into a group of people that were homeschooled. We live in Redcliffe, uh, Queensland. There was a group on the beach one day. We were there. Yeah, you know, kids weren't school age, but um, these people were a little bit older, and we, um, yeah, we sort of just got chatting and asked them what they were doing, and they were they were doing school, and I was like, what? They're doing school? And uh, yeah, mate, I suppose it was just the there's a real sense of um, oh, look, you, you can tailor the education to suit your children. You know, you, yep. I spoke to our neighbours. Um, who have exactly the same age children as us and um, the first day they came home from school uh, said how many kids in your class and she said 31 I was like wow how many teachers one I was like oh geez tough gig for the teacher Mm -hmm. Um, yeah sort of also I just go well you know what my wife's studying so we can actually juggle and balance this she does work on the weekends as it is and we thought look we'll give it a go and we'll just see how it goes um mm-hmm. and the i think the days of old like people probably still perceive homeschooling to be this sort of remote bunch of people out in the bush that actually sit in a room at home and they try and emulate a classroom sort of feel yeah. it's just yep. not what it's like anymore at all like yeah my kids are crazy busy and you know they're constantly at excursions with other homeschools they're all community you know so they, they all get it's a together. community thing i get uh, you yeah i understand what you're saying yeah 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 it'd be 50 60 70 kids you know so you still get Bloody all hell. of that yeah you know, first first people first thing people say is what about you know the social side of it and i just always chuckle because my kids are well they're nine and eleven now but they'll talk to anyone and everyone they are so uh, confident in having discussions. I think you get very used to when you're at school just engaging people your own age. Yep. You know, you're in year three, you hang out with the year threes, maybe the year fours if you're cool. Um, whereas you get a, it's, it's a much more broad kind of cross-section of, of people that you engage with in, in that sort of homeschool space because 
Yeah, well, so I suppose we target the educational streams that they're, uh, you know, relevant areas mm-hmm. of, um, oh, their competencies, I suppose, you know. Um, you know, the, if, if they're in year five, we try and stick with at least the year five or year six curriculum. But, um, you know, but they're talking to people who are a lot older and a lot younger too, you know. It's, it's really nice. So we've just loved awesome. it. Ever yeah. since we've done it, it's just been... Um, yeah, just one thing after another that's just felt right about it. So, mm. uh, anyway, we'll see how long it goes. Nothing's forever, but um, uh, yeah, as they get closer to high school, and you know, it might be that you know, they might. They actually you know, tried school for a term, both of them, mm. and just went, you know what? It's kind of boring. You sit there a lot and you just wait for the teacher and. Oh, yeah, we'll try something else. Yeah, a lot of social pressure as well at schools. I think that uh, are rather needless. I mean, a lot of schooling is just uh, is just about being glorified childcare centres, really, aren't they? They're just giving oh. kids something to do as opposed to educating. Oh, mate, look, I suppose at the risk that this conversation is being recorded and distributed all over the world. Yeah, I don't want to bag out the, um, you know, the educational institutions too much. But, yeah, look, I suppose it's probably served a purpose in the bloody Industrial Revolution more than it... uh, you bang on. You, you've, said, you've said something that I've been talking... You know, being a uni student, you start to think in different ways in academic ways that's the only way i can describe you start to go to the root cause of where things were and yes schooling is something the way we understand it the way we do it it is something that happened around the industrial revolution and it's a it's effectively a hangover from that great purpose then yeah yeah oh well it kept children kept children out of slavery that was one thing you know or child labor or whatever yeah yep in in one way or another yeah. yeah um yeah look it's it's an interesting piece isn't it you know we uh, yeah, I certainly like the thought that my children, um, you know, don't feel the pressure to kind of conform to those social norms too in terms of, yeah, sit still, do as you tell, wear a uniform, hands on heads. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's all fine. They, they need to know when to, you know, when to behave in inverted commas. But, um, yep. yeah, it's also I don't believe in kind of time-wasting. You know, if the kids are finish, then go outside, climb a tree, pick up a bug, explore that, use the microscope we've got in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, we've got, the, our house is just a chaos, though, mate. There's shit from <laughs> one end to the other of, um, yeah, different I know the feeling. That they close my, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, um, it's, yeah, anyway, love uh-huh. it. We'll talk about it forever, but uh, no, it's been a, it's definitely been something that we've, um, you know, really kind of, engaged with on an intellectual level my wife and I as well is are we doing the right thing are we crazy mm. like it, people probably think we're completely nuts but that's fine I can I can live with that but um, you know other kids can turn around in 10 years and go what the hell are you doing but no I'm pretty <laughs> bloody convinced they're not so yeah we'll see mate yeah. more power to you we'll both see. mate and more power to you as a family mate on that one <laughs> Yeah. I actually uh, it was a bit crackly. The start I didn't get your name actually. Oh, Andrew, Andrew Mackay Smith's my name. Yeah, Lee Lee's yeah, cool. set all of these up with. Uh, I try to interview everybody yeah. that gets distributed by Firestarter. I've been doing this now for about about two and a half years or so. Um, okay, about that long or so, man. And and some of my favourite albums, certainly from two thousand and seventeen and eighteen, came through the distro. Um, oh, and, really? Yeah, yeah. And then look, let me tell you, your one is rather special because it's probably the first album 
that I've been introduced to through Firestarter that I found, frankly, uncategorizable in a really good way. You know, it's it's stuff. <laughs> we that, do that too. We can't figure it out. Well, it's it reminds me of being at um, you know uh, Ocean Street. You know, there on the sunny coast. You know, your third cocktail into your night from the sneaky baron, and your stuff comes on live. It's it's just got that killer vibe about it, and it's you know it's a self titled album, and you know from start to finish, it doesn't repeat itself. It's one of those albums where there's constantly new things coming at you. But it, it, it does all link and make sense. Nothing's out of context. So, so for example, if I was going to talk about the first cut, um, what's the first cut called? Sorry, um, on the, on the uh, first track, "My Baby Don't Come Around." Okay, "My Baby Don't Come Around." Now, if Bootsy stuck around instead of joining Funkadelic back in the late seventies, and if he continued to write songs for James Brown, so I'm a bassist man, so I'm right up with these guys like Bootsy and Oh, there but, you go. But you know. The album that would have been non, the album that was eventually non-stop could have been very different. Could have sounded a lot like that cut. So there's a lot of great funk, groove, and soul references through it, man. So you really know how to to make a great dance album. Yeah, it's a funny thing, like the evolution of the band and how was uh, how the songs have ended up. You know, really quite varied. There's some really folky stuff in there, obviously, but with mm. these, there's a couple of tracks. I mean, there's there's one track in there that's a real crossover for us. It has a really funky feel in this section where it just hits that kind of groove-based funk thing. And, you know, I can't, um, can't we, we intentionally sort of placed that in a, you know, you know, fairly early up front in the album to introduce people to the idea that this might be a bit different. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, it's been, you know, it's such a, it's such a great day. It's, the whole analog vibe for us too was a real. I mean, you kind of feel crazy when you get to the end in some ways, and you go, "Mate, that was fun. That was a hell of a challenge. I really wish there was a Control Z undo button somewhere <laughs> along the line through that process, but shit, there wasn't." Um, so you throw those challenges at yourself, and you you kind of get that. You know, everyone's obsessed. You know, that pristine quality recording sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, we threw that sort of shit out the window. I mean, this is the sort of thing that you could easily hear, ideally on an LP, you know, on, a, on a record, because nice. it's got that warmth, but it's... it's got um, that quality, yeah, absolutely. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but it's... um. Yeah, you know, we didn't do the old, we didn't do the the, the record thing, but, um, you know, it sort of had that feel for us. It's a, anyway... Mm. It's kind of like a greatest hits of music, your music. You know what I mean? Like, insofar as, okay, so Smokestack has a great funk rock vibe, like a Rage Against the Machine vibe. Runaway Train yeah. for me is just Steely Dan and Credence, man. I can feel that right the way through it, you know. And then uh, Youngblood yeah. has a By the Way vibe by the Chili Peppers. I heard a bit of that going on. There's a lot of other things there, too. Yeah. But um, And then I loved, um, probably my favorite cut is uh, What's Going to Happen Next. Because of its Albert yeah. King vibe, you know, it's got some muscular guitars in there, got a real Albert King blues feel to it. Um, yeah, there's so much. I mean, I mentioned so much there, but that's that it is there. So for the people listening who um, want to check you guys out on uh, Spotify or iTunes or or YouTube or whatever, you know, band's Facebook page, man, it, it's you're really uncategorizable. All of those bands and those great artists that I mentioned, it's all imbued in the DNA that make up the ninth chapter. Yeah, look, it's um, yeah, it's a bunch of dudes with all sorts of different experiences musically and walks of life that comes together and it does bring that. She's a fairly cocktail of um, of musical fun. Nothing else to, no other way to put it, I think. But um, yeah, it's good feedback, mate. I, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I do. I, I do enjoy it. It's um, 
you know, I'm not just saying this. I think people who listen to me sometimes probably think that I'm very overly effusive in my my praise of a lot of these Firestarter artists anyway. But it's not it's not that, you know, I've got the blinkers on and I'm just being praiseworthy for the sake of it. I'm genuinely enjoying this music. Um, and it's really hard to find new music these days because you're not paying attention to it if you're going on Spotify mixes and Apple Music mixes and all the rest of it. But it's really satisfying yeah. to be able to sit through. Um, in your case, you've got nine cuts. Nine cuts on the album, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's really satisfying to be able to put that on in the car. I drove, uh, I live on the Northern Gold Coast, so I drove, I've got a base up there on the yeah. sunny coast as well. So I was driving there and back today, and I have, I've got three interviews on tonight, and I had your one on. But man, I just, you know, the sun was beaming down. Uh, it was a really nice temperature today. It was only 25 or 26 degrees or something like that. Not that bullshit heat that we've been getting for months. And it just, it just suited, and I actually drove. The reason why I mentioned Ocean Street is because I had your music on as I was driving down Ocean Street. <laughs> you know, so it just fitted. It just worked. Beautiful bit of serendipity. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. I think I'd, um, uh, you know, I'd put on some of the country stuff. It's not really, you know, country stuff's good for highway driving, but your, yours is more upbeat and urban. You know, you need to have sort of, it suits having a lot of people around it. Yeah, it's yeah, it is really weird with like some of the the blend of what we do. I think it's yeah, you know, one of the biggest challenges for us is that you know we live a million miles apart. So I'm in Redcliffe, and our trumpet player lives in Kiama. Um, Holy moly! That, Wait, in New South Wales. That's yeah, yeah. That's like um, I don't know what is it, fourteen hundred k's apart or something. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a fair way. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, the the recipe around. Um, how how we do what we do is about um, you know we we want to make it musically interesting, but we we also want to keep it simple and make it about you know the kind of energy of the music. So when we play live, that I mean that's what we all love and what we live for. You know, we, to to be honest, you know we, we've loved all of our recording experiences, but we yeah you know, come together for that live moment you know we're a band that loves the energy loves the crowd loves the um you know, cliche but you know you love to bring the party love to bring that sort of yeah. experience so when you go into the studio and you want to put it down it's like how do we do that um you know and, and sort of stay true to yeah you know you can get clinical in the studio you can get you can you can lose all of that um yeah, all of that feel. I think you know that's a risk for 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 a band like us that really thrives on that energy. And and you know because we we are so distant apart, we um you know we write the parts, we um you know we, we practice them ourselves, and then we get together as a horn section. You know, we're a million miles away yeah. being the trumpet player, but um you know we've got to come. We've got to keep it simple. Um, we can't be playing um you know, outrageous sort of tower of power lines because we can't get together three <laughs> times a week to rehearse them. Yeah. Um, so it's been a you know, really interesting musical journey for us to find our way, I think, as a band, for all of those ingredients to work, you know. Um, yeah. And it's, it, I, I really think, um, you know, this album, doing it analogue and, and doing it on we've done, it's just been, it's been awesome. You know, and the couple of gigs that we've had, the, the feedback we've had, um, yeah, you know, at, at our album launches and the live shows has been just you know fantastic for us because I think we we probably thought you know we're doing something a bit different this time. There's a there's a fair element, yeah, you know, particularly when you're doing nine nine tracks, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. get a lot more variety and diversity uh, in in your album. 
Oh, the aim, and um, yeah, it's probably a bit curious to see how people responded, but it's been, you know, hmm. we've loved it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, mate. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the sort of music. Uh, I'd, I'd go so far as saying the majority of the artists that I interview are from the world of heavy metal, you know, and punk rock. So that very broad banner of uh, musicians and artists that fall under that. There, they don't have a lot of saxophone players, do they? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised at the fringes with some of the oh. experimental stuff. There's a um. A oh, band really? called XI, I think they're called, and they just—they're a bass guitar, a drummer, and a sax player, I think, and um, they make a hell of a racket. Um, and and yeah, there's right. there's a few other bands that do do it, but uh, I mean, if you you know, I assume you're a similar vintage to me, given you got kids, but in your late thirties, forties, we remember yep. Scar, remember Scar coming up. That was always yeah, how I remembered, yeah. uh, you know, Mighty Boss Tones and Goldfinger and all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know whether Goldfinger had. Trumpets and saxes. Now that I think back to it, but um, but yeah, you know what I mean. We sort of grew up through yeah, Sublime. We grew up through that era, yeah. And I think, and I think one of the benefits of growing up through the eras that that you and I have is that we were exposed to a hell of a lot of music and the breaking open of the internet too, or the internet breaking open the music industry, so as though people could listen to whatever they want from wherever they want. I was listening to yeah. some stuff from the fifties on Bandcamp the other day, and I was just thinking, you know, twenty years ago, you couldn't have done this. There's just nope. no way. You wouldn't even know where to look. Yeah, so true. You know, but your your music is, as I say, it's like a greatest hits of great music over the last probably fifty or sixty odd years, or so. So, you know, oh, I love it. It's, it's all uh, yeah. Yeah, look, look, cheers. We've um, yeah, it's 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 quite um. Yeah, it's quite spontaneous how some of it comes together, and you know, you, you know, if you invent yourself and you know what it's like sometimes. over a song forever it feels and you know you eventually get it there maybe and then other times you do that and it still doesn't get there and you just think, yeah. this thing just got to go on the shelf and then mm. other times you know you're in between songs at a live show and uh you know the guitarist is fixing a string so the bass player throws something at you and the drummer jumps on it and then that's the horn's nice. there yeah. and all of a sudden uh and that's like that's actually how lots of the stuff kind of begins to evolve for us um someone says anyone remember what that thing was and you know <laughs> give it a name and call it something and let's let's build it so it's that it's kind just, of natural yeah. um stuff that happens for us you know and it's, mm. uh, we, that's what we love about the music too so so that that sounds like a really good way to write given you guys are geographically dispersed you know so you get up on stage and one of the musicians throws something at another musician and you guys just like a locomotive going over a hill you all just follow it is that is that typically how the songs are written or do you do that thing where you're um where you're sharing songs in a virtual environment in the cloud and people just, you know I've got this great great riff here guys or I've got this great sax part here guys what do you reckon we start building a song around it just around it does it work that way it is absolutely a, a very much a combination of both those things so we you know mm. the, the internet does have that ability you can flick grooves and links you know and we do that we've got a shared drive we've got a shared folder that we chuck stuff in mm-hmm. but um but honestly, I suppose in a sense it's that um, it's that stuff in between songs and in between shows and yeah, in between gigs because we are so far apart. When we do a, when we do gigs, we generally make a weekend of it and we'll do a double header or sometimes if we're feeling crazy, uh, three um, <laughs> three shows. Um, you know, we fly in planes, trains, automobiles. Everyone comes from all over the place and we lob and we we end up. You know, we're playing Byron this weekend on Friday night, for example, and then we're Let's playing see. the Gold yeah. Coast on Saturday. So we're going to have all Saturday to kind of kick around and um, 
Yeah, I guarantee you something will probably be jammed on on Friday night and um, people are going to go, what, uh, what do you reckon we could turn that into? Mm. Uh, and it's that, it's that sort of stuff, um, yeah, that, that absolutely happens. Yeah, well, you played, you gosh, looking at your gig list here on Facebook, so you've done Night Quarter. That's really cool. Unfortunately, that's no longer no longer around. But, it's um, yeah. You did Retro Bar, which is probably Brisbane's best small room to play in, I think, that one there. And uh, Yeah, it's a great room. You've done heaps of really cool places here. Hotel Brunswick, you've done, um, uh, I saw Bellinger. Well, that's coming up, the Federal. Yeah. Yeah, the Fed. Yeah, we're playing at the Federal in a oh, that'll be a couple of months or so, I think. Um, yeah, six weeks maybe. We love Bellow. Like that's sort of um, even there's even though there's not one band member from Bellingen directly, mm. uh, it's almost like the homeland of of. That's why you're doing your album launch way. Yeah. Yeah. What we're we doing? Well, the whole the whole kind of series of these their album launch shows, I suppose. I mean, the, the very first one was at the Retro Bar, and then. Um, yeah, we played Hotel Brunny the night after that. Mm. Um, yeah, but we've, we've got um, Blues on Broadboots coming up as well, which is going to be great fun. I'm going um, to that. That, that. I'm going to that. With, I'm at Bond Uni, you see, so I'm going to that through Bond. Oh, you beauty. Yeah, we actually so played uh, Bleached Festival uh, Bond one couple of years ago as well. Oh, sweet. Um, How'd you find it? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was actually pelting down with rain that day, but um, so but it was cool. We ended up, we sort of shifted location of the gig in the end, but heaps of fun. Uh, and then I think the, the sun came out, and uh, it was just the weirdest vibe ever, but it was a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic um, vibe, heaps and heaps of fun, great bunch of people. The organisers, I remember, just super, uh, you know, Sonia, super nice bunch of um Organisers as well, just great, yeah, great Sweet. folks to get on with. Yeah, so, yeah I'm finding it down cool. there too, actually. It's really nice, but it's good for me too, man, being in my 40s to be down there with, um, you know, the, the youngest, the eldest people. I think there's one other mature age student, but the rest of them are sort of 24 years and younger, mate. It's really given me a different view on several yeah, right. millennials, I've got to tell you, mate. These are very, most of them come from overseas, as you probably know, the United States and Europe. Um, and these yeah. are some smart cookies that I'm in class with, mate. Holy shit. I listen to some of them talk and they're 18, man, and they're already talking yeah, about right. lawyers. They've just got it down pat. You know, that really calm, collected, unemotional manner of delivering content. And yes. you see some of them just are just going to have really long, really fulfilling and brilliant careers. So it doesn't surprise me that your experience with some of them down there was like that. Yeah, look, it absolutely was. And um, yeah, look, we, I suppose we love getting amongst them. We've done lots of, um, we like doing those smaller boutique festivals it feels like too did the cool summer one down in victoria not long ago and the wallumby uh, music festival and just um you know we've played woodford a couple of times which is awesome but uh, it's huge you know it's um it's it, it's a, an experience for all you know it's just hmm. uh, it's amazing but um you know you get this opportunity to just at those smaller ones are a bit more quaint and a bit more um Ah, uh, I don't know. You just uh, it just feels calm. You can get in there. You sit in the green room. You chat with a heap of other dudes. The hype isn't around it so much. It just feels. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It feels relaxed. It feels. It feels good. Um, but 
yeah, you know, they're all fun. You get any time you get together with your with your great mates and you you jump up on stage and you, and you make cool music. Like it's it's just fun every time. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're blessed. We're a bunch of bunch of dudes that um, yeah, it's been going over a decade now. And just we sort sort of still pinch ourselves. I'll never forget. You know, we had a bit of a hiatus um, with a band member went overseas. Two actually went overseas for about. Uh, 13 months there at one stage mm-hmm. and a few of the well, the fellas that were left you know we kept a musical project going and had a bit of fun but um, we had a gig lined up when um, when the boys returned from overseas and it was at in Byron at the rails and we all rocked up as we just were doing and you know from a year or so before and we all rocked up hey fellas it was like we'd never been apart we literally walked <laughs> on the stage hadn't seen each other for 14 months Jazz starts, just counts to four, and we're straight, straight into in. the first track. Like it, it was just r- ridiculous. So, it's um, an awesome you know, that sort of yeah. camaraderie is 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 what is you know the, the heart and soul of the band. So we're lucky, man. We're really lucky, Andrew. But and, um, yeah, you know, and we don't take it for granted. Look, you talk a lot of truth there. I mean, I've been in heaps of bands, and. Um, Man, if that camaraderie isn't there, that spirit of that brotherhood, I call it, you know, the spirit of the brotherhood or the sisterhood, that spirit of reciprocity isn't there, man. It's shit. It's awful. I mean, you, people have no yeah, idea yeah. how hard you work rehearsing things and then trying to make things work. And then you've got, you're got you on stage with somebody or even more than one person that you don't really get along with personally and you don't have a lot in common with socially. And it's like, oh, really, do I have to do this? So, man, that, that environment yeah. that you speak to there, man, that's, that's why I think your music sounds so vibrant. And enthusiastic, and it just jumps out of the speakers at you. Oh, it's that ingredient. It's so funny. Yeah, it's it. Look, it's an essential ingredient of our band. It, it is pretty. It, I mean, it's you know, if you're adding a um, a tablespoon of everything else, you're adding three cups of that part, and um, <laughs> you know, that camaraderie is 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 what it is. You know, for all this, I, I was chatting to someone recently. Another interview, I think I had, and. Um, Someone spoke about the kind of they'd seen us and they'd seen the energy of the band and I said, you know what, I got off stage at, at the Brunny show, which you know, a fairly recent one, and um, this guy walked up to me and he goes, mate, you guys, you're having more fun than the crowd, and and we can't <laughs> dance any harder. This is ridiculous. And uh, I said, mate, we are absolutely having more fun than you guys. It's uh, it's no <laughs> secret, but. Um, yeah, so you know that is that is what it, what it's about, you know. No, we mm. don't, you know, we we um, yeah. If you don't love it, then geez, we've always said the the moment anyone sort of is feeling like this is laborious, let's just have a band meeting, which is basically a six pack, and um, <laughs> yeah, let, talk let's through. talk about where this is going. Yeah. Um, because if it's not fun, then we've got to change something. Yeah. So yeah. And it's still just amazing fun. So we're still doing it. Mate, no wonder. Yeah. Mate, I better wrap things up because I've got to get to the next one. But before we do that, tell everybody where they can go and watch you guys and also, too, where they can find your music, especially if they want to purchase it because I really strongly suggest people get this one on CD or or other or other non-MP3 format. Yeah, okay. Well, look, the, we're selling the, we're selling the discs at the live shows. At this stage, is the only place you get your hands on a hot little disc. You could order one if you got on the uh, Night Chapter website. So just nightchapter dot com. Um, we've got all the social medias, the Instagrams and the Facebooks and all that sort of um, all that sort of stuff going on. But um, 
yeah, the ninechapter.com is where you'll, you know, it's the website. So you'll see our, our gig schedule on there. Um, yeah, like I said, we're playing in um, in Byron at the Rails this Friday, which is going to be a cracker. And then we're playing at um, Miami Marquetta on the Gold Coast on Saturday night, which is a fantastic event if you... That's awesome, um, yep. Yeah, yeah, they got great bands that get through that mm. joint pretty regularly too. Um, but you know, we've seen some really cool artists hit that spot, and they've just got that great outdoor street festival food party vibe. Um, you know, got a bar, and they've got a got a restaurant from every country you've ever been to, basically. Mm. So, um, or ever wanted to go to. So yeah, they're the next two shows. Um, I know we've got uh, Blues on Broad Beach in May, but to be honest with you, I. Um, yeah, I don't have the gig list. Uh, the the I don't have the uh, tour list in front of me, but um, that's right. It's on your I Facebook page. Tell you. It's it's on your it Facebook is, page. It's all through yeah. there. Yeah. It is hey, all through there. So hey, what time, you know, if you want to get time, the music, on the what time are you going on stage on on Saturday night at the Marquetta? I think it is eight o'clock. Um, there's generally they have a little duo or something that play before, and then we jump on about eight eight thirty ish. Sweet. Yeah. So I yeah, might bring the kids down, mate. Yeah. I might bring the kids down to that <laughs> one. Awesome. I'd love to I'd love to see you guys live. Yeah. I mean I'm looking for things to do on Saturday night with the man and it turns out we've got it free. So man, serendipity at play again. Mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. Look that that'd be absolutely awesome. Come up and say good day. I'm the uh the only one with a ponytail, so <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, I've uh, I've stalked me. you. I've stalked you on Facebook, it's all right. <laughs> I know what you look like. <laughs> uh, sweet. All right. No worries, nah, thanks thanks for the call, Andrew. Appreciate your time, mate. No worries, brother, if you're comfortable with that. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Dylan Carlson from the outfit The Ninth Chapter. Thank you so much for listening.